Welcome to the Spark to Your Success. My name is TJ Dow, and I believe you will have a bright spark inside when you find yours and light it up. Not only do you light up inside, and that feels amazing, but you light up the world around you, allowing others to feel that amazing too. What a great gift to give, not just to yourself, but to all those people around you. The Spark to Your Success podcast is designed to bring you a little inspiration and a little bit of insight and a lot of positivity into your day. Welcome to this episode for Young People and the Young at Heart as we continue our series about sexual and gender identity. The purpose of this series is to give young people who are in the LGBTQ plus community a voice, provide young people who are questioning an opportunity to learn from those young people who have already embarked on their journeys and to provide a bank of resources to help both young people and parents to get the information and support that they need on this important aspect of life. In today's episode, you will hear Taishan interviewing Hannah. Hannah is 25 years old, runs her own video production company, and identifies as both gay and asexual. Understanding asexuality is a really challenging thing for a lot of people. Many of you may never have even heard of the word asexuality, don't understand what asexual is. So Hannah gives a really clear, brilliant explanation of not only what asexuality is, but what it's like to be asexual. And um, that is this brilliant realization in McDonald's <laughs> about being asexual that again made me laugh at. It's one of my memorable moments from this interview, although there are absolutely many memorable moments. Welcome, Hannah. Hello. Hiya. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be able to share my story and, and have a chat to you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm 25 and I live in Stoke-on-Trent, live and work in the city. Yeah, always been from around here. I don't know if I've got much of the Stokey Twangle or not, but always been from around Stoke. Um, and I've got a couple of jobs that I do. I run a video production company and I also do a little bit of freelancing at BBC local radio stations. But I'm normally on the other side of the interview. Uh, so this is a little bit different for me. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of sexuality, I identify as gay and asexual, which I guess like having the two identities is a bit different from like what most people would expect. But um, yeah, it's a little bit different with asexuality because a lot of people will sort of identify with a gender that they're attracted to and an intensity as well. Slightly more complicated with asexuality. Oh, can I just ask pronouns as well? Sure. Uh, she, her is all good with me. Tell us a little bit about asexuality, because I think quite a few of the listeners might not know what it is. So tell us what it is and kind of what it means to you. Sure. Yeah. And I wouldn't blame anyone for not knowing what it is because I didn't know what it was until, you know, I realised I was asexual. So it's definitely one of the sort of lesser known sexualities. So asexuality just refers to having a lack of sexual attraction towards any gender. So for people who aren't asexual, if you're, say, um gay you're probably sexually and romantically attracted to the same gender as yourself but with asexuality there's kind of a split between your romantic attraction and your sexual attraction so yeah it's it's a little bit more complicated so for myself with identifying as gay and asexual I'm 
romantically attracted to other women, but I'm not sexually attracted to anyone. So yeah, it's they call it like the split attraction model. So it's having a romantic identity and a, a sexual identity as well. So yeah, I don't know how well I explained that, but it's like I say, it's slightly more confusing and it does if you don't identify as asexual, um, like I say, you, it's just more naturally joined up for you, like who you're romantically and sexually attracted to. It's kind of hard for me to say what sexual attraction is because I don't experience it at all. It's very hard to work out, I think, that you're asexual because you're kind of noticing an absence of something rather than noticing something that's there. So you know, in noticing that you're, say, sexually attracted to the same gender, there's something to notice. Whereas when you're asexual, it's like, I think some people are experiencing things that I'm not. And it can take quite a while to come to that realisation. And I, like, know one of the exact moments for me. It was when I was in McDonald's with one of my friends and she just looked at a guy and was like, oh, I'd tap that. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then I was like, wait, would you really? How can you know? How can you know just from, like, this person has walked past? How do you know? And she was like, yeah, but you just know, don't you? And at that point, I was like, maybe there's something going on here that I don't really understand because, no, I absolutely don't know what you're talking about at all. I think that you've explained that really well, especially in terms of like splitting up in terms of romantic and sexual attraction. Um, but like you said, I've never even thought about it for people who are asexual. It's like, like you said, like trying to realize there's an absence of something like it's not like looking at women and being like I I think I like her and that's different to maybe what other people think you've actually got to realize like oh no I don't I don't feel how that person feels am I meant to feel like that yeah and it's also in terms of I guess society generally there's this whole thing of sex cells and I just think of myself as like unmarketable like people can't smell me anything because yeah I just there's you know perfume ad with someone in lingerie and I'm just like yeah whatever I don't care like it's you know so it's it's a lot of little things that start to add up that make you think that maybe I'm not feeling something that everyone else does um but yeah it can be very hard to twig onto which I think is why I didn't realize I was asexual until like just before I turned 18 which you know in the grand scheme of things isn't that late but I think a lot of people are realizing their sexualities earlier and earlier these days which is absolutely fantastic um you know people don't have to be confused about who they are so much but you know I think that sort of you know that it's harder to twig onto being asexual means that for a lot of asexual people it's a lot later and you know I think there's people going their whole lives without realizing that they're actually asexual it wouldn't surprise me at all so you're you're asexual but not aromantic because you romantically attracted to women yeah, that's right. So uh, I've got a lovely fiance, Becca. And to be honest, I'd say that I'm not completely romantic. I'm probably on like the grey scale of romantic because I really don't get crushes on people that often. Um, Becca's the only person I've really ever been like attracted to. Um, and to be honest, if I hadn't have met her, I think I would have been quite happy living my life without any kind of significant romantic relationship. So yeah I'm attracted to <laughs> sometimes I'm like am I just attracted to Becca but no I'm attracted to to women romantically but um yeah no gender sexually you kind of touched on it anyway so you said that you didn't kind of realize till you were 18 and you had that moment in McDonald's <laughs> I love that story where you kind of realized so was that the first time that you'd kind of put all the pieces together or did you kind of know before that 
that was I guess the first time that I realized that I might be different to other people but at that point I still hadn't got the terminology at all to kind of put put a word to it yeah at that point I just kind of I think if you asked me, I would have described myself as like apathetically straight. Like there was no reason to believe that I was gay at that point because I hadn't had any romantic attraction towards women. But there was certainly nothing to really say that I was straight either, which makes sense given I'm asexual. But, you know, not many people know the word. A lot of asexual people like wouldn't know the word. So, yeah, at that point, I was probably still another four months from finding the word asexual. And I didn't really start looking into it until about that four months later, because basically my best friend all throughout secondary school, we'd both been very chill together. We just watched TV shows like we weren't, you know, a lot of girls at high school are all about, oh, let's talk about all the boys who got crushes on. And I think me and my friend like got on so well, partly because we just weren't bothered to talk about boys. And then one night she came to, out to me as gay and although I was like oh, okay that's a surprise it also kind of made me think okay that's why you haven't been interested in talking about boys but why have I not been interested in talking about boys then so it was at that point that I started to look into it a bit more and yeah stumbled across the word asexual and I've never known anything like it but it was just like the final puzzle piece clicked in my head like I read the definition I was like oh my god that's me and yeah it was a very nice moment to be honest I just spent a week researching every little bit online I could find out about asexuality and there's forums and stuff and yeah I, it was just a nice sense of community I still I still don't know that many people in real life who are asexual but certainly finding that online community was a massive moment for me well a couple of things I want to pick up on from that interesting that you thought you kind of must have been straight because like you didn't have any reason to think otherwise it's very interesting that like we still live in such a heteronormative society that that although you didn't feel that attraction you were like well I must be straight like what (laughs) it's mad isn't it oh absolutely I also don't think going to a catholic high school helped with that at all um but yeah definitely compulsory heterosexuality is a massive massive thing it's so interesting how I like not everyone needs labels I get that but it's amazing how validating labels can be once you find the right one in terms of being in the LGBTQ plus community I think uh, certainly for me finding a label was really important to me and I know it's not to everyone but it sounds like for you as well finding that label was really important for you in the end oh yeah it was absolutely massive um I think asexuality because it's a bit more of a rare orientation you don't meet many other people like it but it can be really really alienating to be asexual like I've sort of mentioned already a lot of the media is geared towards well you just haven't met the right person everyone you know sex is natural and all that kind of stuff it can be really really alienating to not feel that way so yeah just knowing that I wasn't the only one and that it was actually a real think what I was feeling and you know I was nearly 18 at that point and I'd kind of been thinking like when are these feelings going to come like it must be at some point maybe there's something wrong with me so actually knowing that there wasn't anything wrong with me and that it was completely normal and a human sexuality just yeah very very validating oh god I'm so glad to hear it what are some misconceptions about asexuality So the one I mentioned there about like being a late bloomer, I think is definitely one of the big ones that teenagers and sort of younger adults will get 
thrown at them. Um, and it's, I think it's something that a lot of the LGBT community gets thrown at them anyway, is maybe you just haven't met the right person yet. Maybe you just haven't met the right person that you're sexually attracted to. And it's like, I've met a lot of people in my life by this point. I think if I've not been <laughs> sexually attracted to any of them, then it's probably just not going to happen. And even if it does, then I can just like change my label later down the line. Like there's nothing saying I have to stick to this for the rest of my life, but it's described me now and it's described me for the last seven years. So I feel like it's got at least some truth to it. The late bloomer is definitely probably quite a big one. I think a lot of people might see themselves as broken or other people might see asexuals as broken. And certainly in the past, it's been treated as a medical condition, you know, not having a massive sex drive and, and that kind of thing. But, you know, I think it's just separating the difference between having a sex drive and being sexually attracted to other people. You know, asexuals can have sex drives, but it's just not necessarily directed towards anyone in particular. So, yeah, I guess those are the, the main ones. And probably also people might, if they don't know the difference between like sexual attraction and just like sexual desire, they might think that all asexuals are celibate, which is absolutely not the case. A lot of asexuals might enjoy the feeling of having sex, but just not feel that they want to have it with a particular person. Or, you know, there's lots of asexuals in long term relationships like myself who you know they might not be with an asexual person and it's something that the partner wants so they're happy to compromise on that basis so yeah asexuality doesn't mean celibacy um a lot of asexuals will be celibate but it's you know not mutually exclusive i was gonna ask um i hope this isn't too too forward <laughs> But like I did, I was going to ask, obviously, is your partner asexual? Does it not affect your relationship? But kind of how did you approach that when you first got together? How did you kind of talk about it? Becca isn't asexual. I think the main thing is you've just got to have really good communication. Um, because a lot of the, you know, I'm reading a book about this at the moment, actually, at the moment, actually, which is really helpful. But a lot of the standard ideas around consent don't work great for an asexual and non-asexual couple because you kind of what you talk about consent is yes or absolutely not and it has to be like a really enthusiastic yes whereas for an asexual person it might never be an like an enthusiastic yes but it might be a well I trust you I'm comfortable with you this is something that makes you happy and I get some enjoyment at any way so I'm happy to do it on those basis you know I'm, I'm an adult I can make adult decisions about myself so yeah I think there's some interesting ideas around consent for the yeah, asexual couples but it's just about having really really solid communication not feeling like you can't share exactly how you're feeling uh, I mean Becca's absolutely fantastic around that um you know she never would you know she'd always be prepared to stop if I needed to so she's she's absolutely brilliant um but honestly I think more couples should have better communication anyway so <laughs> I don't think it's the end of the world if asexuality encourages couples to have better communication around their sex lives so I was gonna say like so many I think communication I agree in all relationships needs to be a much more prominent thing like in terms of like as well consent for like non-asexual relationships is such a huge topic anyway it's really interesting 
that you bring up the um, topic of consent between a relationship between an asexual and non-asexual and how that kind of dynamic changes. I've never really thought about it like that. Really interesting about, about how obviously sexuality is fluid and about changing your label. Like that was such a big thing for me coming to terms with my label, like being lesbian, because um, I was like winding myself up about it basically like what if but what if I do like a guy and at the end of the day I was just thought to myself who cares like there's no queer police who are going to come and be like you told me you were a lesbian now you like a man get out go go how dare you (laughs) yeah I, I know exactly what you mean and there's kind of that horrible concept, isn't there, as well, of like a, a gold star lesbian who's never been with a man and, you know, somehow that's the perfect lesbian stereotype to aspire to. You know, I don't get that at all. It's absolute rubbish. It's all about, you know, your feelings now in the present moment. This is going to be an interesting one. I'm going to say, did you ever feel the need to come out? But it's kind of interesting coming out for like an absence of something but obviously asexuality is still a sexuality completely valid but how did you feel like you did need to come out how did you come out so I came out to my mum not long after I'd realized I was asexual <laughs> mostly because I just wanted the questions of when I was going to get a partner to stop like I just you know what parents can be like and grandparents and all those people so you know you're 18 now you've not been with anyone have you uh, have you been looking out there and there's only a certain amount of times you can say I'm more interested in studying right now before they start to smell a rat so um you know I I came out to my mum as asexual and um did I I came out to a couple of my friends but it was that kind of weird summer where like you're leaving for uni anyway so it was only like my super close friends and then after it's it's kind of hard coming out as asexual because people kind of this assumption of oh why should I care about your sex life kind of thing you know you don't you don't need to tell me about that more recently I've been making more of an effort to come out as asexual because I really feel like there needs to be more visibility around it and if people can know one asexual person then that's one more than they might have known before which was probably zero so yeah I'm making more of an effort around it now but as someone who's got a same-sex partner I find it so much easier to come out in in terms of that basis because I just say oh my partner Becca and then that's it you're, you're out whereas with asexuality it's very much a you know like I was at the start of the podcast like here are all the definitions here is how the split attraction model works here's how everything is different to how you might previously thought it's not just as simple because people don't know what the term means it's not just as simple as saying hi I'm asexual that's the conversation done because it immediately follows up with what even is asexuality and then you have to get into all the details of it so I'd say I've probably not come out enough in my life I'm, I'm trying to do it more just so that people start to get an a better idea of what asexuality is really so did you come out as as gay at the same time as coming out as asexual or was that like later or before <laughs> this is going to sound really stupid but I didn't realize that I was gay until I got with my partner Becca which was when I was coming up for 20 so it was about two years later so yeah I came out as asexual before I came out as being romantically attracted to women yeah I don't think that's silly I think a lot of people I think that happens for a lot of people that they don't realize until they have like experience attraction to a woman and then they realize I don't think that's silly at all I think that's quite common 
I think as well because you know like I say with not having the sexual attraction it can be kind of harder to notice things so I maybe in the past I've had crushes but I've just assumed it was like oh I want to be really good friends with this person because there wasn't like the sexual side of it so certainly with Becca I knew her for a year and a half before I realized that I was romantically attracted to her mainly because I'm completely oblivious but also because of the you know the actual sexuality side of it as well we'd been really close friends for about five or six months before um, I realized I was romantically attracted to her so yeah just takes a bit longer (laughs) that's okay um so I actually had a couple of people on the podcast um they were bisexual um, and that's how we came onto the podcast. Oh, so you're bisexual and we're speaking about it. And then as the podcast went on, they were both like, actually, like I am, I am attracted to people regardless of gender. And I said, well, are you pansexual? And they said, well, yeah, maybe, but I just can't go through explaining it. I can't be bothered to keep explaining what it is. But with asexuality, there kind of isn't another like similar kind of sexuality. That's kind of it. You do have to explain it. Yeah, absolutely. There's no, you know, it's kind of like bisexuality. There's, there's none of that. It is just completely different. The way I try and do it, if people really aren't getting it, I sort of say, you know, say I'm talking to someone who's heterosexual, I'll say, you know how you can look at someone who's the same gender and appreciate that they are attractive, they've got nice facial features and what have you, but you wouldn't want to have sex with them. I feel that way about absolutely about every gender. It's just, you know, I can look at an actor or something and be like yeah I can see why they're on the sexiest man list or what have you but there's absolutely nothing no nothing comes from that like there's no desire to do anything based on the fact that I think they've got a nice face it just stops there I think that's a really good way of explaining it I think that that makes it a lot easier for people because it's relatable then, isn't it? They can understand it. Except for pansexual people, but we'll just have to gloss over that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we have touched on it a little bit. What's it like coming out as asexual? I know it obviously involves a lot of explaining from what you've said. Yeah, it's just a bit bollock, to be honest. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's just knowing that you're going to have to explain all the terms and it's very much having to... It's, it's kind of how it is coming out in any sense. You have to really make sure it's someone that's going to be open-minded, but perhaps they have to be even more open-minded than, um, yeah, for other sexualities, just because it's something that they won't even have heard before. Like, they, you won't know their opinion about it at all. Like, a lot of times you can sense that someone might have a bad reaction to you coming out as gay, for example, because you might have heard them say something about a character on a TV show, but if they don't even know what, asexuality is you've got no idea what their opinion is going to be about it so it can be a little bit harder to work out that they're going to have a positive reaction to it so that's probably another reason why I've not come out to so many people it's just I've had to make sure the people that I really trust first and know that they're sort of positive about other LGBT identities and that kind of thing so yeah there's there's the trust aspect and there's also the fact that it takes absolutely ages you can't just like do it on a coffee break you've got to make sure there's a, a bit of time to you've got to plan it out in your diaries um <laughs> <hour> aside. <laughs> I think there is a lot less understanding about asexuality like it's not new obviously it is not a new thing but it is something that is a lot less talked about. And like you said, I think it is a lot less common, but is that just because 
as a society, like you said, it's drilled into us that like sex sells and like you should be doing this and this. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe that's why. And like you said, people don't realise they might not go their whole life without realising because they're just it's ingrained into you that you should like sex. On so many of the like asexuality forums and stuff, there'd be people in their 60s just putting on like, oh my gosh, I've never heard this word before, but I'm not broken, am I? I've gone my whole life thinking that there's something wrong with me, hating myself for loving my spouse, but not wanting to have sex with them and forcing myself to do it my whole life. And only then in like the 60s and 70s, discovering that actually there's a word for it and they're not broken. So yeah, I think it's that's where sort of a lack of understanding really starts to hurt people it starts to hurt the people who are asexual and don't realize it because yeah it can be alienating it can be you know it can hurt and there just needs to be a bit more knowledge of it really which is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this really. I think uh, like LGBTQ plus education in school is is absolutely dire there isn't any really but that like there's none about like lesbian gay bisexual like that but like asexuality that isn't even a consideration the only time people tend to hear the word asexual is about cell reproduction in biology in like year nine so i think that's another place that a lot of people's minds go to like asexual reproduction what are you talking about but people a lot of times haven't even heard the word they wouldn't even have a concept that it's possible to be asexual you know to not be sexually attracted to people so yeah, it's it is a problem that there's not that much visibility out there. Have people been accepting generally? I know obviously you tell people that you trust more than anything and you're working on kind of coming out and raising awareness, but have people generally been accepting? Yeah, absolutely. Like the people that I've told have been amazing about it, not had any problems from people like actually coming out to them. I, you know, occasionally I've heard it's it's probably it's something that sort of pansexual people have to deal with a lot as well but it's the classic oh how many more letters are they gonna add on to this lgbt soup and if i hear someone saying that i'm not going to come out to them because i know immediately that they're not going to be accepting of any sort of the more minority identities so you just don't even bother do you so you do hear that kind of thing and just think well you're off my coming out list really but um it's not like a Christmas card list. I don't know why I said it like that. I've not got a list of people that I'd be prepared to come out to. But, I um... do. I, I really hope <laughs> do. Like a, a like a good and a naughty list. Full Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, highlighted. Um, no, so yeah, the, but everyone I've, I've spoken to and sort of once they've explained it is is kind of really supportive. But I think it's it's really helpful people hearing about asexuality, not just because people might be it themselves, but because sort of this more split attraction model of looking at things is relevant to people who aren't asexual as well. So you might have someone who would be bisexual but homoromantic maybe. So they'd be sexually attracted to like two or more genders, but they'd only really be interested in having a romantic relationship with someone of their own gender. So I think it's it's really good to sort of spread that model of splitting up your attraction because it's, it's relevant to people who aren't asexual yeah I think attraction is a lot more complicated like we as humans as a society want every single thing in a binary I it drives me insane like why do we need everything to be in a binary and we've done that kind of with attraction now and now it's like like you said even if you're not asexual and you you then 
identify like romantic and sexual attraction it's the same for literally everyone yeah yeah absolutely what are some of the biggest problems that asexuals face do you think so definitely the lack of representation I would say is like number one um because if people don't realize that the option is out there you know I think there's been like one asexual character and maybe like Bojack Horseman. I don't watch that, but you kind of hear rumblings of these things on the internet. And was there an asexual character in Sex Education? I'm only on season one still, so I'm not Great quite show. sure. Fantastic <laughs> show. But yes, there is someone asexual in that. Very okay. broad scene, but they are included. Okay, so I'll look forward to that. Uh, I haven't got there yet. But, you know, there's when you're talking about one here and there, it's obvious that there really isn't that many. Like, how many TV shows and films are there out there? And you're talking about two or three asexual characters. Certainly no asexual characters that are people of colour. Absolutely not. No trans asexual characters. So presenting very little asexual experience and just, you know, not represented hardly at all. So, yeah, there definitely needs to be more representation because people aren't going to be able to identify it if they don't know that it exists I mean I was very lucky to stumble across the word online but you know if you don't do that then you know as we've mentioned you could go your whole life without realizing so yeah lack of representation is definitely a a big thing and that ties into not much visibility as well really and I guess another one would be it's not something that I've had trouble with really but a lot of asexual people will have trouble dating say you're online dating or dating through apps, you wouldn't necessarily want to put on your profile that you're asexual, but then you're thinking, at what point do I reveal this in the conversation? I don't want to go to a date if they're just going to completely flat out say, that isn't compatible with me. You're weird. <laughs> let's, let's, you know, let's just end this. Um, yeah, like I say, I got lucky with sort of back and being a friend already, but and knowing that I was asexual already, but it can be quite tricky because there's not many other asexual people out there. It'd be hard to sort of, find another asexual person that you're romantically attracted to so there is a lot of asexual people looking in the general dating pool uh, for partners and unfortunately there's very much a thing of um, corrective rape for asexual people if they're in an abusive partnership it's something that I think lesbians suffer with quite a bit as well in terms of you're broken I'll fix you kind of thing um, so yeah that's definitely something the asexual community so those are some of the, the biggest barriers that we face really corrective rape that's absolutely awful that is ap- that's horrific isn't it yeah absolutely but uh, you know it all ties in with the people don't think it's a thing people think it's a medical condition um and also people are just some people are just horrible people like <laughs> that's that's where it all comes from but yeah it's it's horrendous and like I say I think it's definitely an an issue for for lesbian people as well that's awful going back to representation like LGBT representation in media is just starting to like be a thing but again there's not all that many people of color that's where kind of intersectional issues come into it but even when I watch things that that will have like a gay couple or like a lesbian couple or someone, not even really someone who's pansexual because that's still not very widely represented. It's such a big thing to me. I'm like, I can't believe, like, I can't believe it, how exciting. And it it should just be like that anyway. But I watched, I don't know if you've watched it. Have you watched Shit's Creek? No, I haven't. 
Oh my God, that's so good. They're very inclusive in a really like casual way. And it's not, it's not in your face. It's not like, oh, look at this gay couple we've got. Look at our inclusion and diversity. It is just, it's just there. And it's amazing. One of the characters who is actually part of the community in real life, which is why I think it was so good because he and his dad produced the show. Um, But there's a scene in it where he describes wines basically to someone to come out as pansexual. And he's like, so I drink white wine, but I also drink red wine. And he goes into this like fantastic analogy. And I just think more shows should be like that. It shouldn't be such a big thing for LGBTQ plus communities to be in. And it shouldn't, a lot of the time it's shown in like, a view from like oh look how we've struggled to get here and yes that is important but also you want representation that's positive and healthy at the same time yeah I don't particularly like reading queer books which are all about the person being queer I'd much prefer a book about oh this person's a space explorer and they've got all these interesting things about them I know by the way they've got a female part like but it's just like it's part of their personality. Like my personality isn't all about being gay ace. Like I'd like to think there's lots more things about me. Like I like skateboarding and, you know, there's, I play the guitar, I play the piano. Like there's lots of things to my personality and my sexuality is only a small bit of it. So I, I'd much prefer TV shows to just have queer characters, but perhaps not make a massive deal about it. In terms of asexual representation, there's so little of it that I actually get kind of scared when I hear that there has been some asexual representation because in the past like showrunners have got it horrifically wrong and when there's so little representation of something if a big show gets it wrong then a lot of people have got the wrong idea in their mind like there's uh, you know the tv show house the medical drama there's an episode that asexual people just call that episode because a man came in with his asexual wife. I've not seen the episode for a reason, but I know the general plot. Basically, House cured them and neither of them were actually asexual. And, oh, isn't this lovely? They can go off and have a proper marriage now. And, you know, they went into that episode identifying as asexual and they came out as perfectly healthy people. And, like, when a TV show gets it so wrong, it is so damaging for asexual people actually living because everyone you encounter has then got if they've seen it has then got that ingrained in their head already so yeah I get a little bit wary when I hear that a show's got an asexual character because there's not been many examples of it being done right well hopefully more asexual representation gets put out there because we're getting there a little bit <laughs> um but hopefully- a little bit <laughs> hopefully there is more of it because it'd be so good it's just like educating people gently about it if it's included in tv shows like popular tv shows and things that's that'd be the best thing all it takes for an asexual person is to hear the word and definition and a lot of the times it'll just click at that point it doesn't have to be like a monologue for 30 minutes about what asexuality is and all that kind of stuff it just has to be accurate and be there and that that'll be enough for a lot of people so yeah hopefully we're we're starting to get there now but you know we're not even there for the more well-known of the queer identity so I think we're a little way off still 
Yeah, no, I do agree. So you've touched a little bit about like forums and stuff that you've been on. Are there any resources that you would suggest for people who think they might be asexual or who've listened to this and think they resonate with it? Are there any resources that you would suggest? The main one out there is called the Asexuality Visibility and Education Network, so AVEN for short. That was the one I first stumbled across, and it's nice just because you've got loads of education pages. I think they've even got some stuff for like parents as well, and you know people who aren't asexual but have got an asexual person in their life. So it's got loads of information about it, but it's also got forums on there and loads of different topics. You know, for older asexuals, for asexuals in relationships aromantic asexual so there's there's lots of really good information out there generally there's not like a massive amount of stuff out there for asexuals online there's quite a nice community of asexual people on tumblr so that's (laughs) that's where you go for the asexual memes really i think (laughs) and then there's uh some uh, there's some work being done on instagram as well um with around like the hashtag this is what an asexual looks like so that's that's quite nice as well. There's a really fantastic activist called Yasmin uh, Benoit. Uh, she's from, I'm going to say she's from Reading. I think she, she's definitely from the UK. But she is also, so she's a person of colour and she's also a lingerie model. So she breaks every single stereotype of what you might automatically think an asexual person is. And she's a romantic as well. And she's doing so much brilliant work around asexual visibility and sort of breaking the stereotypes uh she did a lot of like media interviews and stuff so she's definitely a great person to follow because she sort of links up with a lot of the other community as well so yeah definitely recommend following her and, and checking out even really fab i will we're gonna have like a resource page so we'll put some of those resources i'll have to get the links and stuff from you and we'll put them in the resource page so this is the question the question of the podcast um so If you could go back in time and speak to your younger self, what advice would you give? Um, I think I'd just tell myself to chill out a little bit. I mean, obviously it would have been nice if I could have found the word asexual a bit earlier, but you can't really control how that happens. So yeah, just chill out a little bit. You know, the the word will come. You're not going to feel alone for your whole life. It It only took to 18, which like I say, in the grand scheme of things, isn't that late, Bob. So you do a lot of developing in your teenagers so it did kind of feel like I was outside of that really you know a lot of friends going off and having their first relationships and all that kind of stuff and I was just there sort of you know on the Nintendo DS but um yeah you know just sort of chill out a little bit the the word will come um and the second it does you're going to feel a lot more secure in yourself and you're going to have a partner who's loving and supporting which is Something I stressed out about a lot when I realised I was asexual was just I didn't think that there was going to be anyone out there for me because of the reasons I've mentioned already with, you know, dating and what have you, being hard as an asexual person. So definitely thought I was going to be hashtag forever alone. Not that that's a bad thing. It just depends all entirely on what you want. So, yeah, it'll all, all click into place. It's just a case of giving it the time, giving yourself the time to sort of explore your identity and get there. Oh, I love that advice. That's so wholesome. I love it. Oh, I've learned a lot. Thank you so much for coming on. Not a problem at all. Thank you very much for having me. Taishan, I say it every time, but what another brilliant interview. Just really educational. I found it fascinating for me. 
the conversation that you have had with Hannah around asexuality. So what were your highlights and insights from this particular interview and episode? I'm the same after every single one. I'm like, I love it so much. <laughs> I know. I just love them all. I love, I love, I love all of the conversations that we've been having. Like they're all so much fun. Yes. They're so educational. I, the people are absolutely incredible. Like I'm so happy to have got the opportunity to speak to and genuinely make friends with the yes. people that we've spoken to. Um, so yeah, so main points um, was again, compact came up, compulsory heterosexuality came up again and Hannah thought she must be straight. There is no reason to believe she isn't straight, mm. but that that wasn't actually the case. But because, like she said, sex sells, and she didn't feel that, and she was trying to work out and discover an absence of something, which I can only imagine is incredibly difficult. Yeah. I, I love the phrase she said. I, I thought I was apathetically straight. Yeah, she didn't know how else to didn't have a word for it yeah and then she obviously found this like online community and the label was really important to her which I think is the same for so many people to find a label and be like oh my god that's that is exactly how I feel yeah that's so important some people so some people labels don't matter but labels can be incredibly important in situations like that and within the LGBT community um another thing that was uh, funny to be honest was um when she realized she was asexual in mcdonald's with her friend <laughs> um and she kind of like double took and was like wait hang on a minute is that yeah. actually is that actually how you feel <laughs> i love these stories it's so brilliant this is people do have we have heard some amazing like yes. realization yeah. and coming out stories they've been so good um another thing that was really interesting from this conversation was the topic of consent Mm. um and how it changes for um like an asexual non-asexual relationship I thought was really interesting and and how she said most people think that or not most people people do often think that asexual is a celibate and that's that's not the case and also she explained so well what asexual is the difference between asexual and aromantic because I think a lot of people won't have maybe not even heard of them but might have heard of them and not known what that means Mm. and obviously she went into this split attraction model which is super interesting and I think not even for I found that interesting from a, a point of view even though I'm not asexual how that relates to my life and how that has related to my life in the past and experience that I, experiences that I've had. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was it was a it was a really good conversation. Like you said, very educational. Hannah is very funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did really love this conversation. You've been listening to me, TJ Dow, and the marvelous Tayshan Dow on the Spark to Your Success podcast continuing this series about sexual and gender identity so join do join us again and in the meantime give us a follow do leave us a review and share the episodes with everyone you know bye for now bye